Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from New York City in the Drunk Gossip Studios. Um, and just a slight announcement, these are temporary Drunk Gossip Studios, as uh, as you know, I have announced that we are going to be moving um, to a new location soon. Um, so, yay. Um, and after the move, Will and I are going to work on um, putting together some more videos. Um, if you're a member... Or if you're a patron on our Patreon, you can see the very first test pilot, the test pilot for the vlog, um, all about Phil Hartman's murder. And, of course, I am back from vacation. I had a wonderful time, very relaxing, but I'm so happy to be back and talking with you guys again. You know, during the week... During the, my week off, it was very odd because I've grown accustomed to recording. Now, I don't always record at the same time or post at the same time. Um, I try to be a little bit more consistent in that, but I do at least try to um, record and post every day. Vacation kind of threw me off a little bit. But we're back now, and we are completely live. And we're going to talk some Wendy Williams. So, this whole Wendy Williams story is very strange to me. Um, she's she's battling Graves' disease, as we all know. And she has... I mean, she's publicly come out and talked about her addiction. But for someone who claims that the reason why she was off her almost three months um, was because of her Graves' disease and her fractured shoulder. She is not making that case very strong. Now, before you go attacking me, let me make my case here. If I... When I... Excuse me. When I was off from the museum because I was... I was sick... I legit went to the doctor, like, four or five times in a row. Like, my insurance was actually very concerned because I kept going to the doctor trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Um, there were doctor notes. There's a whole paper trail. And I was, I was advised that I could sue um, for them terminating me because I was on medical leave. And my doctor had not cleared me to go back to work. I didn't take that route for various reasons, which we'll talk about in the future. But, I did, um, but I, you know, I, there was a medical reason, like, there was a legit reason, there's a paper trail to prove that I was sick. With Wendy Williams, it's very much hearsay. Oh, yes, I was sick. But, you're going to catch me in Florida. Coming out of a CVS. Oh, yes, I was sick, but... You know, it, it's just... It's just very odd. It, it's just a very odd situation. And it gets odder when a week after she returns to TV for the first time, 
um, since she took her hiatus, she launches a, um, a drug, not a drug center, a drug hotline. Now, keep in mind, I think this is a very, very great thing, and I think she should be applauded for it. And, you know, anything that helps people with substance abuse issues is perfect in my book. It is very much needed, and it's very much appreciated. But also, I I also just want to really stress that I find it very bizarre. I find it very weird that this is a thing that happened. Um, here's here's Wendy's statement on the matter. Um, it doesn't really clear things up for me, but um. She says, we must all come together to respond to the crisis of addiction and substance abuse. Everyone is at risk from the inner cities to to more affluent communities. My family and I are very proud to partner with Trust to get people the help that they so desperately need, especially if they or their families have given up hope. There is hope. She continued to say, once you're a substance abuser, you have to battle that for the rest of your life. I've told you about my 10-year ride with cocaine and the crack. Oh yes, crack is whack, but it was very good to me at a particular stupid point in my life. I was a mess functioning, killing myself. I realized that I am a walking addict. Do you know what I'm saying? You can't just clean up and stop it and think it's not going to affect you. She's absolutely correct here. And again, I, I do think that it's a wonderful, wonderful service and a wonderful thing she's doing. I just also have this wonder like if you were off for graves disease why not set up a hotline for that why not you know there's not a lot of information out there about graves there's not a lot of charities i think this is her way of hinting at there's something deeper happening and before someone asks yes i could be wrong i will I will own that, you know, it would not be the first time that I was wrong. And it certainly won't be the last. But I don't think I'm wrong in this case. But you know what I am definitely right about? I'm going to go and I will be right back. And I'm back. So, one of the things that... Um, I've realized over the last so many years is that I'm very lucky. Like, yes, bad things happen to me. They happen to everybody. But, by and large, whenever something bad happens, I'm usually squeezed into something, into a better situation, into something... that leads me to the place where I'm supposed to be. Um, I was laid off from one job and I started my writing career um, and I launched Generation Gossip, which um, has supplied me with a steady stream of income all these years. Writing, not Generation Gossip, that is. Um, Gigi was was a fabulous adventure, but... um, 
I just couldn't keep up with with it all by myself. And I didn't have enough money to bring someone else on, unfortunately. Um, and then uh, my best friend was moving in with his now husband. And my other friend was moving in, moving back in with her parents. And so I had to make the decision to move to New York. And I've landed on my feet. And, but during those times, it wasn't like someone was just handing me gobs of money. It just so happened that I'm a planner and things lined up for me in a way that I don't think they would have if I hadn't been forced into these situations. R. Kelly, on the other hand, seems to have just this massive amount of money, but it's not his money, allegedly. Instead, it's it's a diner owner, or it's some mysterious benefactor. In this case, the mysterious benefactor paid more than $160,000 to get him out of jail. Uh, for the record, he was in jail this time because he owed his ex-wife child support payments. Now, here's the thing. This seems like a scheme. Did the, did the diner owner bail R. Kelly out? Probably. But it wasn't with her money. And she even said as much that it was with his money. I don't think she was supposed to say that part. Just like with this mysterious benefactor. I don't think there is a mysterious benefactor. I think it's R. Kelly's money, but he doesn't want people to know he has any. He wants to play the broke card. And he wants to play the broke card because he wants to get these lawsuits um, from molesting these little girls settled for very little cash. The smaller the settlement, the better. The man has had, it was raking in millions of dollars. Probably still is raking in millions of dollars, to be honest. Maybe, you know, maybe his songs aren't played on the radio as much, but they're streaming now. Um, they're still licensing. And it's just, it's one of those things where... You know, if he he's also a songwriter, so I'm sure he has songs that he he wrote or co-wrote that he still gets paid for. And any smart um, entertainer knows that you invest your money in the stock market. R. Kelly is no different. He knows what he's supposed to do. And there's there's no one in this world who can tell me that he doesn't. Because if you try, I'm going to call you out on it. First of all, I have to. Like, that's just who I am. But more importantly, why wouldn't I? You know, there, there's no way that two mysterious people both decide to believe R. Kelly and put up more than a hundred grand each to get him out of jail. 
and I just don't I don't see how people can so easily fall for this maybe I'm wrong I doubt it though But what I don't doubt is that I'm going to go and I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. So this is a rather heavy topic. I'm not going to apologize for talking about it. Um, It it certainly falls under celebrity gossip. But I think it's a much bigger issue. Um, I was... I am a survivor of uh, uh, domestic abuse. I was with the guy for just over two years. I was lucky I got out. Um, He nearly killed me. Um, Mandy knows the story. Everyone close to me knows the story. Will, Dave, everyone. Um, I, I tend not to talk about it publicly because... It's still very raw for me. Um, If I do notice that someone is in a similar situation, I'll talk to them about it and and just let them know um, that they they can survive. I I will in this segment. I'm not gonna get too deep into it, but. I just want you guys to know, like, when I talk about domestic violence, it comes from a place of having been there and having dealt with it. Maybe it comes across as condescending. Maybe um, maybe some people think I should just keep my mouth shut about it. Um, but I'm never going to do that. I, you know, like I said, I don't talk about it all the time and I don't talk about it um you know I don't walk around wearing a sign saying I survived domestic violence but that doesn't change the fact that I did and so did even uh, Evan Rachel Wood in an Instagram post over this weekend she actually took it one step further. And this was her coping mechanism. It's not one that I I used myself. But, you know, I, I have talked to people who have used this method. Um, the picture that she used was of herself with her arm facing out towards the camera and it it features her um with cut marks all over here's her caption two years into my abusive relationship i resorted to self-harm when my abuser would threaten or attack me i would cut my wrist as a way to disarm him it only made the abuse stop temporarily. At that point, I was desperate to, I was desperate to stop the abuse, and I was too terrified to leave. Hashtag I am not okay. Again, for anyone who is going through this right now, 
You're not alone. You're really, truly not alone. I just... That needs to be emphasized because when you're going through things like that, you do feel alone because your abuser makes you feel alone. He makes you feel like you're not good enough. Like... No one but he will ever love you. And you believe it because they're that good at getting inside your head at destroying your self-esteem. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Evan Rachel Wood. Mostly because I've never seen her act. But I do... I I do believe that she took a very brave step in, in addressing this and letting people know what she went through. And I, you know, there, there are a lot of people who are saying, oh, she should have named her abuser, she shouldn't have protected him. But legally, it's not always that easy. Uh, my abuser... Um, was was tried or charges were brought against him and he accepted a a, a plea deal um, Kim Worthy who is the prosecuting attorney in Detroit um, and her staff first of all are just phenomenal I cannot say that enough they are phenomenal lawyers they are phenomenal people um I don't remember his name, and I just need you guys to forgive me for that because it was a very emotional time for me, and um, it it did lead to me having some anxiety issues, Um, but um, Kim Worthy and her team, um, the guy who I spoke with, um, he was very caring, very understanding, and he was ready to prosecute. He was ready to go after my abuser with everything at his disposal. But I just said, you know, when he explained the plea deal to me and asked if it was okay for them to offer it, at that point, I just wanted to be done because sometimes you just need the situation to be over with and I think I am not trying to put words in Evan Rachel Wood's mouth but I really feel like that's what she's trying to say with with her cutting you just need it to be over with and you will do anything in your power to make that so and and I really feel that I'm going to go and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, (laughs) despite what you heard in the last segment, I am not an overly emotional person. (laughs) Um, In fact, it takes a lot to make me cry. And, um, so, not last year, in 2017, um, Michael Asielo released his memoir, Spoiler Alert, The Hero Dies. 
And this revolves around his relationship with his husband, Kit. And, and okay, first of all, they're just a super-duper cute couple. Um, of course, they had their ups and downs. Kit cheated on Michael quite a few times, but they worked it out and loved one another fiercely. And that's that's something that no one can take away from them. And so I'm I'm reading this book. I was dating Hugh, who does not exist at the time. And uh, he, uh, he who does not exist had gone away for the weekend. I believe he went to see his mom. But he was texting me. And, uh, you know, I had a bottle of wine. I was... I had a movie, and I was reading. And yes, I always, always, always have some sort of noise on. Usually it it is the TV, um, just because I like the noise, honestly. That's that's the long and the short of it. But, so I'm reading the book, and I'm just bawling my eyes out. Because it's just so heart-wrenching. Um, Asiello just brings you right into it. And the fact that, I mean, of course there are other people in the story, but he really just centers it around him and Kit. Um, what you get to, he like touches on his childhood a little bit to explain some things about his own psyche, but for the most part... Um, this is all about their relationship. And it bounces back and forth in time. Um, one timeline, so to speak, is um, after Kit's diagnosis with a very rare form of cancer. The other is at the beginning of the relationship. And then when the two threads meet up in the middle, or meet up towards the end, it just dives into this super-duper emotional um, climax, which, again, the the title gives away. But I, it made me start to think about my own writing. Um, I would, I, I'm working on a fantasy series at the moment, like plotting it out and figuring things out. Um, and Bill is graciously helping me... Um, so I'm very lucky that I have someone with his caliber of talent willing to guide me and talk me through the things that I need to know. Um, but one of the scenes had two of my main characters. Um, they were on their way back. Um It's a spy, um, the short story, well, the whole series is about a spy. Um, but they're on their way back from a mission. And the one main character decides to keep guard because he feels bad, badly that he was not able to help in combat. 
And the female lead, the the main character through all of this, kind of sneaks up on him. And they were supposed to have a heart-to-heart talk, which would pull the heartstrings, which I was trying to do because Will was... Will has just this brilliant way of doing that in his own writing. And we had talked about how um, a lot of times in, in sci-fi and fantasy, it'll, it'll happen without you even recognizing it. So here I am trying to, to create this scene. And it's falling flat. Now, my playlist was not helping. It had been, up until this point, it had been playing very soft and emotional ballads from the likes of uh, Madonna. And I know you don't really think of emotional ballads from Madonna, but you go listen to the Something to Remember CD and, and tell me. Um, and Celine Dion and Bette Midler... You know, I was, I was ready to go into this. I was gonna make people cry. So as I'm getting ready to dive into the scene, it flips over to the more anthemy, rhythmy Janet Jackson songs. Now, there's not, I love Janet, and in fact. Um, during most of the writing for this story, I listened to Janet Jackson. Um, I don't know what it was about that playlist, but it really helped me get into the mindset that I needed to be in. I don't know what I'm going to do when I have to write this series, because there's no way in hell I'm going to be able to listen to the playlist on repeat and not drive myself insane. I might have to curate my own or something. Anyways. um, And instead of this big emotional... Climactic scene... I ended up with... More of the same. And I started doubting myself. Like, am I a good writer? Like, I can't even make people feel. And then... And then I remember, you know, sometimes, you know, there are some people like um, Jody Picoult who are just so good at plucking the little heartstrings and bringing in the tears. But, you know, Jackie Owens never once made me cry. I laughed um, more than a few times. I got a little turned on. Um, but I never, ever, ever once cried. Um, even in the, uh, Sant'Angelo's, the final book, the Lucky series, when Gina was killed, I was angry, but I was not, like, there was no boo-hooing. And I, I finally remember, like, the... The Michael Asiello's and the Jodie Picoult's, that's what they're good at. That's their strength. And that's their story. Mine will probably never be 
I will never probably be able to write this really heartfelt where you just feel like crying. I will entertain my audience. Maybe, uh, hopefully make them laugh. Hopefully make them turn on a little. (laughs) Maybe, you know, they'll get angry. Maybe they'll be surprised by my twists. But I'll probably never make them cry. And I'm okay with that. Because I want people who pick up my books to feel a joy in them. Um, You know, even my true crime books, I want people to, you know, as weird as as it may sound to you, because it sounds weird to me, I want them to laugh. Like, ooh, another insurance scam. (laughs) Didn't see that one coming. (laughs) Um, You know, just things like that. Like, I am really good at making the small little jokes. I am not good at... And this is why, as much as I would love to write a soap opera, I don't think I ever could because I don't think I have it in me to lead up to this big well and boof and and make people cry. I am good at taking a break and coming right back, though. So that's what I'm going to do. And I'm back. So... One of the craziest things in my life um, that I don't often get a chance to talk about because nobody ever believes me. Um, but I've been engaged four. I've been engaged four times. Um, you can't see me, but I did air quotes because um, during the time of during the times of these engagements, um, gay marriage wasn't legal. Um, and, and these were not, you know, when, when these guys asked me, it's not like it was just fly by night. These were true and serious. Um, my first boyfriend asked me, um, and then we ended up breaking up because he went into the army. Um, then the next guy... Asked me, and we ended up breaking up because we just weren't compatible. Um, and, and we remained friends for a very long time. Um, I, I would say we're still friends now, but we've not talked in a couple of years. Um, and then the abuser. Um, asked me to marry him. And... So, yeah, it's been a really crazy, crazy, crazy ride. Uh, And I realize it's only three, but the... um, I I guess technically one of them, I was asked four times. I didn't say yes all four times. The other time was in Central Park, and I will, um, next time we do a drunk dating segment, I will go further, but he asked me, and it was our first date, (laughs) so there was no way I could ever say yes to that. 
<laughs> Billy Ethan, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a drunk dating segment in the future. Um, crazy story, I promise you that. Um, anyways, <laughs> my record, um, four engagements, zero marriages. Alec, um, Alexander Rodriguez, also known as A-Rod, two engagements, one marriage so far. Um, Jennifer Lopez, five engagements, four marriages so far. Um, the A-Rod and J-Lo got engaged over this weekend. And normally this would be a, a time where we say, yay, congratulations. But no. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Instead, there are accusations that Arod is cheating. Um, Major League Baseball star Jose Canseco alleges that Arod is still fucking um, Canseco's ex-wife Jessica, and Canseco brought receipts. He was in the room when A-Rod called for a hookup with his ex-wife. Boom goes the dynamite. What would all this mean? For, For a long time now, rumors have been circulating on the gossip blogs that A-Rod is cheating. But it was also widely, widely believed that J-Lo didn't care because uh, as long as he kept it on the DL um, and helped her maintain the image that she is the most desired woman in the world, that's all that mattered. Because in Jennifer Lopez land, image is everything. And I don't know if anyone's noticed this, But she's never really been single. She went from Mark Anthony to Casper Smart in no time. There was like a small period of time when her and Casper Smart broke up where she was single, but she went right back to him. Now, here's the thing. It is... It is widely believed and circulated on all the gossip blogs that Casper Smart is gay. And it is widely believed that he was hooking up with guys in J-Lo's house while she was there. But the general public didn't know that and they bought the whole Casper Smart J-Lo romance. Just like they buy the A-Rod J-Lo romance. But as far as anyone can tell, um, this has all just been for show. What do they get out of it? A-Rod gets the family-friendly image that he needs to make sure his businesses succeed. He's no longer playing with the Yankees and is now completely reliant on people buying his merchandise. 
And, I mean, he, yes, he made a ton of money as a baseball player. But he's still relatively young. His career being over at such a young age means he needs to have things in place to keep him afloat for a very long time. And it keeps his name in the headlines. And I don't know... Maybe it's just me, maybe because I'm not a huge J-Lo fan, and that's why I feel this way, but I almost feel like J-Lo was on the verge of being irrelevant, and then as soon as she got with A-Rod, she got Shades of Blue, um, and then she went from Shades of Blue to um, World of, the World of Dance competition show. Um, her movies still aren't doing very well, but but she what she does now is she makes them on a micro budget, which is brilliant because when you make them on a micro budget, they always make money, which in turns, which in turn makes the studios very happy and they'll keep employing you. So maybe you're not getting twenty million dollars per picture, but if. You know, you're turning for Lopez, and you can get an executive producer credit and some back end. You take whatever, like $100,000 for three, four months' work, and then that movie makes $44 million, and you get 1% of that. You made $4.1 million. And then some, and then some. And here's what I mean. Back end doesn't stop when the movie leaves the theaters. It, it doesn't stop. It, it, well, okay, what I'm trying to say is it. Uh, back end, it obviously means after the, the production budget. So let's say there's four million. The movie costs four million dollars to make, which I think is what um, her last movie. I can't think of the title of it right now. That stupid rom com second set second act. I think it costs like four million dollars to make or something like that. So after it makes that four million, I believe that I believe it made like forty some odd million, like forty four million. So that's um, using easy math and not including like advertisements and all that. That would be forty million dollars. If she owned just one percent of that, she would get four hundred thousand dollars. Now, that doesn't seem like a lot of money, but when you factor in cable, DVD, um. Uh, streaming and all of that and then royalties on top of all of that she probably walked away with at least 10 to 15 million dollars so so 
what she's done. She solidified her image as the hot girl. The one that every man wants. And and a very bankable movie star, even though her movies aren't making hundreds of millions of dollars. The only area where I don't think she's had a lot of a lot of success as of recently is on the music charts. But what are you gonna do about that? Like, music trends are so hard to pin down. Madonna and Lady Gaga were lucky to do it as long as they did. And I mean, Lady Gaga just did it again. Um, you know, Shallow hit number one. So there's no reason why J Lo couldn't. Anyways. Um, we're going to stay on top of this story, obviously, because it's explosive, and I am waiting to see what happens next. Um, but until next time, I just want to say thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for listening, as always. Um, go check out our Patreon, it's under construction right now, but you can see our very first video. I'm going to start posting some, um, blog-type stuff up there. Um, you can read some of my erotic stories before I pull them down and replace them with some other stuff from, and replace them with some other, um, materials. And, because I can no longer speak, I am going to lift my beer mug and say cheers. Cheers.